Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to another episode of the Career Contessa podcast, your shortcut to being more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin, and it's our final roundup episode focused on all things salary, negotiation, and money management. From inflation to prepping for a looming recession, and then, of course, getting that raise that will cover all the uncertainty that's made headlines in 2022, we're sure your money vocabulary and worries have been expanded this year. We've been lucky enough to have some of the best experts share their knowledge with us this year. So get ready for a Money 101 class as we recap their best audio clips. And now this is the Career Contessa podcast. The first episode in our roundup of the best money advice we heard in 2022 comes from our episode with compensation expert David Buckmaster. David and I talked about what's considered a big raise, reasons to ask, and how to ask for a raise. David gave so many great pieces of advice on this episode. One of the aspects most people struggle with when asking for a raise is knowing how much of a raise to actually ask for. I asked David what's considered a, quote, good raise amount. Is a 10 to 15% raise totally crazy? I, I think when you say it's 10 to 15% crazy, like that shows like how desensitized, you know, we've, we've come or how like that's not a big number. I would say go bigger, to be honest. Like it's one of those like when you start to see what actually happens in companies and like you see somebody kind of very meekly say, can I, you know, can I please have 10%? You know, like the, this is the kind of thing where we, we have to be bolder. Right. So uh, the, the thing is this. This conversation is so contextual. And again, let, let me just say the caveat, this is so dependent on country. We're speaking about the US right now. 10% and Argentina is not going to fly in a country with 50% annual inflation, right? So we have to be mindful about that. But so I wouldn't, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even ask if, if you're going in with less than 10%. Like your company is going to be like, you're not really a flight risk. Why, why are like you're not going to like incur all of the switching costs for less than 10%. That, that seems kind of silly to me. It is, is how the, your bosses will interpret that. I, I think when you have, when you go in and ask for a raise, and I'm assuming we're talking about like an off cycle thing, like a special event just for you, you basically have to show that somewhere in your company's processes, something has broken down. Either they brought you in way too low, the pay ranges or whatever annual cycles they have, have not kept you at pace with market. So I would say, start at 10%, you know, go above that, depending on your own situation. Just know that anything more than like 20%, like you're, you're going to have to have just a really, really strong case, right? Like, and that's where you can point to, uh, you know, your company's own, your own pay ranges, if they make them public uh, or available to you, if they don't, you have a much harder path ahead of you. 
But just know that the higher number you ask for, the, the greater burden of proof is, that's going to be on you. And that, that's not a great situation to be in, but I think that's a reality for, for most people in most companies. Our second clip in our money roundup comes from our episode on how to negotiate a job offer. I was joined by expert career coaches, Allison Garrido, Rocky Viora, and Heather Morgan to talk about all the things that you can negotiate for prior to accepting a job offer. Here are some ideas on what you can potentially negotiate beyond the salary. There are lots of things you can negotiate, like your start date, vacation time, flexible hours or work from home, especially in a post-COVID world. Are you in a hybrid situation? Do you want a fully remote situation? That's something that you can negotiate. You can negotiate your location. A lot of us have moved to either be near family or for different opportunities. The flexibility of working remote gives us that option. And so you can transfer offices. A lot of companies have signing bonuses. There's how to get your home office set up, a stipend for getting, you know, the the good ergonomic office chair and different equity or stock options. All of these things and more are available for you to negotiate on top of just your base salary. Mm -hmm. I've seen people even negotiate childcare stipends. I mean, I think honestly, it's left up to like your own creativity and what you need in your life. But I've seen people negotiate a better job title, a direct report or someone to help with some freelance. So like adding that into the budget. I mean, I've seen pretty much everything get asked and people ask for these things to be put into their offer letters. Would you, would you agree that whatever you're negotiating for should be in the offer letter or kind of that, the compensation package that they put together for you? Absolutely. I think it helps to get everything in writing so that everybody's clear on what you've negotiated, what you're getting. And there's no questions later on about whether you're going to have that, you know, childcare or, you know, the job title or whatever else you've negotiated. So I think it does help to get it in writing. Yeah. It's less awkward to get it in writing up front and then be able to refer back to it later than talk about it later when it's obviously a hot topic. Allison, what about you? What what else should people think about when they think about negotiating for these compensation packages? I think a good thing is to think about negotiating for more than one thing. So maybe salary is your absolute most important, but if you also are thinking about more vacation or you're looking at a relocation, asking for a few different things can sometimes mean that the company can be flexible with a little bit in each spot, or maybe you don't get one of the things, but you get exactly what you want in the other space. So it's often a way that we can help the company be creative and pull money or or resources from different places. So it's not just about that final dollar figure. Mm -hmm. Allison, when you've helped clients ask for other things, do they ever get, I would think that someone who's listening to this might be like afraid to ask for more, or they might be worried that that's not really allowed. Have you ever had a company come back and like take an offer away because someone wanted to negotiate for something more than just salary and like, you know, the typical things? Oh, thank you so much for asking that. It's a great big no, <laughs> uh, but it, but it's scary, right? It's really vulnerable to negotiate. And we all kind of hold our breath when we do it, even when we're, you know, experienced. I'll use air quotes as I say that in negotiation because it's a negotiation, right? And there's always that little bit of trepidation. Um, I haven't. And I would add that if you, and I know you will be approaching a negotiation professionally 
and, and within the bounds of what you think is reasonable. If a company did at that point say, we will not negotiate with you and there's no job for you, that's, that's really great information about the way that company operates. Yeah. Good luck negotiating later on. <laughs> um, okay. Rocky, what's your take on this? Well, I have a number of thoughts here. I mean, I think one of the best things you can ask is what is the total compensation range for this role? In addition, getting granular about what are the components that are included in the total compensation and also how are those broken out? Because the reason is to your point, I mean, a comp package rarely includes just a base salary. And sometimes people make the mistake of focusing on that alone, whereas there's base salary, variable, equity, signing bonus, and then even the on-top stuff that Heather mentioned, whether that's a 401k or whatever it might be. So I think it's really helpful to prompt the interviewer to share what's typically included in their package, because that'll get you a sense of what the total comp is, how those intertwine. Because for example, a variable bonus is often a percentage of your base salary. So you want to negotiate your base salary higher so that your bonuses can be higher. And understanding some of those factors will help you kind of focus and position on the right components of the package deal. But but back to what Allison said, I mean, I think it's fully okay to ask for more than one thing. But that being said, I think it's super important to prioritize what's most important to you. And I learned this early on in my career when I actually had an executive coach and I was working at Microsoft and I was negotiating the ability to move from Seattle to New York City. And I was talking to my coach about a number of things. I said, I want to talk to my manager about increasing my salary because New York City had such a higher cost of living. I wanted a reload package. I wanted to ask about work from home expenses like Wi-Fi. And she gave me really good advice. She said, people don't always remember what you ask for. They remember the number of things that you asked for. So instead of asking for a laundry list of things, some of which are trivial, decide what's most important to you. Is getting a $50 Wi-Fi reimbursement every month really a big <laughs> yeah. deal? Or is getting a 10% salary yeah. increase for the whole year a big deal? And once you put that into perspective, it kind of made me realize what I needed to put my energy into. That noise right there, it's the best kind of notification. It's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling succulents or little holiday hats for cats, start selling today with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build the relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to the 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify, and you can too. We're all about side hustles and passion projects at Career Contessa. Career Contessa actually started as a side hustle, so we're well aware of how a side gig can blossom into a full-time gig. Shopify makes it easy for you to grow your business and celebrate your first sales. Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business and grows with your business anywhere. Thanks to their endless list of integrations and third-party apps, literally everything you can think of, from on-demand printing to accounting to chatbots, everything you need to customize your business to your needs is already in your hands. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. 
Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash careercontessa, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash careercontessa to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash careercontessa. Do you want to start a company but have no idea where to begin? Or do you have dreams of becoming an influencer? Well, the Life with Mariana podcast is here to help. I'm Mariana Hewitt, a Los Angeles-based influencer and co-founder of the Clean Skincare line, Summer Fridays. Each Tuesday, I'm talking to my friends from business owners, wellness experts, and more to share all of their best advice for you to live your best life. Make sure to tune in and subscribe to my podcast and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what's coming up each week so you don't miss an episode. Our third clip in the roundup comes from our episode with Katie Gotti of Money with Katie. I sat down with Katie and discussed the five money mistakes even hashtag rich girls make and how to avoid them. Katie's first mistake was all about the misconception that you can't invest if you aren't earning enough money. Here's Katie on why it's actually never too late to start investing. If you're listening to this and you are 50 years old and you're like, oh my God, I'm being called out right now. That's absolutely not what this is about. This is about starting too late because you've been told that you cannot invest until you earn more money. I don't know where this idea comes from, but I know it exists because I felt this way too. I remember my starting salary. It was like $50,000 in 2017. I remember thinking, okay, well, you know, I'm making some money now, but I don't think I'm ready to like start being risky with it. Right. Like it, it all seems so risky. It felt like I was putting something on the line by starting to invest. And I was like, no, 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 I should, I should wait until I'm making more. I should definitely wait until I have more money to start investing. That is basically the complete opposite of how investing works. That's like saying, I'm going to wait to go to the gym until I start getting fit. It's like, uh, it's like, that's how you get more money because The reality is that investing and basically using your cash to buy assets that are going to go up in value, whether those assets are stocks or those assets are properties that you're renting out to other people or those assets are small businesses, whatever you're exchanging your cash for, that asset that goes up in value, that is investing. But you'll never be, this is just the reality, unless you're making millions of dollars a year, you'll never be able to get rich just by working for a paycheck and then putting it in a savings account. You need the tailwind of an asset that has that upward mobility, so to speak, to work for you. And that's why people will say like, you know, I want my money to work for me. What they mean by that is like, I want to put my money into something that then that money is going to take on a life of its own and go earn more for me. And so again, it can take on many forms. Investing doesn't just have to mean the stock market. I like the stock market the best because I think it has the lowest barrier to entry. I think it requires the least amount of knowledge. You can literally with $10 and an internet connection, go sign up for a robo advisor and get a professionally managed portfolio in 10 minutes. So like, That's why I prefer the stock market, especially for people that have never invested before. But there are so many different paths. It just comes down to like this idea that you can't invest until you have more is such a lie. That's how you that is literally how you get more money. Our fourth clip in our money roundup comes from our episode with certified financial planner and author Roger Ma. Roger and I discuss how to respond to volatile markets and four things you can do to protect your money right now. Not only did Roger give a great realistic overview of why markets fall, 
but he also gave some great tips to help you not panic when the economy tanks. Here's Roger on how to decide where to hold your money. I always say that, you know, to to look to what you can control to figure out what the right investment mix is. And so instead of taking a reactive approach to, you know, thinking, what should I do with my portfolio based on what's happening in the market? Start with yourself and figure out, you know, what are the goals that you want to achieve? How much do they cost in total? What does that mean in terms of how much you have to save per month? And when do you actually want to achieve those goals? And so I think the the first thing to figure out is, you know, it might be a good time to revisit your investment portfolio and make sure what you're invested in, that percentage of stocks and bonds is aligned with what you're investing for and when you want to achieve those goals. And so you might think about goals as either short-term, medium-term, or long-term. Short-term goals, I'd, I'd think anything less than five years. Medium-term goals, maybe those goals between five and 15 years. And then I'd consider anything long-term as more than 15 years away. And so the way that I break it down for, for my clients is those short-term goals, anything that's less than five years, typically I, I recommend putting that money in predominantly cash. And then for medium-term goals, it's going to be some mix of stocks and bonds depending on your situation and your preferences. And then for those longer-term goals, those 15 plus years away, that will probably be predominantly invested in stocks. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? Is it checking up on your credit score? Didn't think so. At Chime, that's exactly what they do. With their secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card, you can start to build credit with your own money. Chime reports your payments to credit bureaus to help you build credit over time. Their members see an increase of 30 points on average. All of this with no annual fees, large security deposits, or credit checks to apply. Chime's business was built on the principle of protecting their members and making managing money easy. They never profit from your misfortune or mistakes, and everything they build is focused on actually improving the lives of their members. So start your credit journey with Chime. Sign up takes only two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. Get started today at chime.com slash Contessa. That's chime.com slash Contessa. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Stride Bank NA, pursuant to a license from Visa USA Chime Checking Account and $200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply for the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. Regular on-time payment history can have a positive impact on your credit score. Impact to score may vary and some users' scores may not improve. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply except at MoneyPass ATMs in a 7-Eleven or any AllPoint or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. Our fifth and final episode in our Best Money Advice of 2022 Roundup is our episode with Career Contessa's Director of Content, Kayleen Holden, on five valuable employee benefits to negotiate besides a salary. Kayleen and I talked about stock options when negotiating compensation packages. Here's a clip from our conversation. Some companies offer it, some don't. So basically that's your first question is, are there stock options? I'd say in a lot of startup scenarios, especially when you're like, you know, employee five, employee 35, stock options are going to be maybe a bigger part of your compensation package because it could it could potentially be huge for some people. I mean, you've heard success stories of like, you know, employee eight at Twitter or something like that. And they're now billionaires and they're on a yacht somewhere right now. (laughs) (laughs) So your first 
first question is, do you have them? The second question is probably, is there a standard scale? So basically, some companies already have it set up so that, you know, your C-level executives get X amount, middle management gets X amount, entry level gets X amount. And it's like, potentially that's very rigid and it's not going to change. Potentially you can negotiate that, but that's another follow-up question. And then another question you could ask about stock options is, so basically what usually happens is, and Lauren, this is where you can fact check me, is most stock options happen on a four-year vesting schedule with a one-year cliff. Basically that means you get promised these stocks and you get nothing if you leave after, uh, if you leave before one year. But if every year, every year in those four years, 25% of them get basically like unlocked, like you unlock level two after two years. So by level f- your fourth year, all of your stock options are matured or vested. Vested. And you can have mm-hmm. them. Even if you leave, you can have the option of buying them and, and still have them. I think too, with stock options, so to your point, the first question is, do they offer it, right? Mm-hmm. And then the second question is, and a lot of this depends on company size because notoriously small startups will offer you more equity or stock options and probably a lower salary. So you have to always take into account like, even when you're applying for jobs like that, I always tell people like, take that into account because if you have a life that requires X amount of cash flow because you've got all these responsibilities, like taking that more quote unquote risky startup job that's like, hey, we're going to pay you less, but we'll give you more stock options. But you have no, I mean, you have to have a lot of faith that that company is going to, you know, pan out, right? There's been people who take the job at the startup and then the startup doesn't get additional funding. And then the next thing they know, those stock options are worth nothing. But I, I think this is one of those benefits where again, people just sort of take it at face value. And it's like you, I can't even tell you how many times as a recruiter, we had discussions about this and you know, it's complicated. It's very complicated stuff. And so I think whenever something's complicated, like health insurance or stock options, people just are like, I don't even know enough to be able to discuss it. And one thing I just want to point out is like, even for the recruiters and the hiring managers, sometimes it's challenging. And so always talk about, don't ever feel like just because you're not an expert in like the language that's used around this, that you can't, that you can't ask more follow-up questions or that like, if you ask too many follow-up questions, they're going to be like, this person clearly doesn't know what they're talking about. Absolutely ask these questions and get clarity on it because it is a big education piece. But I always think it's very empowering to truly understand that too. So stock options, you guys that, you know, don't forget that if your company offers it, that can be a huge piece of your overall compensation and a benefit that you are earning by your hard work and your loyalty and, you know, staying there. Yes. You usually, there is like a little bit of a quote unquote golden handcuff piece to it, but they can be extremely lucrative. Well, there you have it. A roundup of the best mini advice we've heard from guests this year. We've made sure to link to each individual episode in the show notes. Lastly, check out our new partner website, thesalaryproject.com to see weekly articles covering everything you need to know about salary negotiation and getting paid what you deserve. And we have an anonymous salary database that gives you free access to over 70,000 real salaries in less than 10 minutes. Check out both of these resources in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Career Contessa podcast. Please remember to rate and review our show. I know we ask this all the time, but it really, really does help our show and it helps our show get recommended to new listeners. 
And please let us know what future topics you'd like us to cover on the show. You can email us info at careercontessa.com or DM us on Instagram, just at careercontessa. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.